you are truly being supportive when you raise your voice on an issue or if you are just, you like the sound of your voice. And I, I acknowledge both to be true sometimes. I like the sound of my voice. <laughs> I think we <laughs> Welcome to Improv Interviews with Margot Escott, a psychotherapist in Naples, Florida, who is using her 35 years of experience to develop improvisation programs, benefiting and improving the lives of those with emotional and physical challenges. Improv Interviews brings together the world's leading improvisational theater masters, founders, and innovators who are using improvisation therapeutically in unique and surprising ways with great guests that include legends like Ed Asner and Aretha Sills. You're sure to learn something new about improvisation. This is Improv Interviews with your host, Margot Escott. Hi, I'm so excited to be speaking to Velvet Dew. Good morning. How good, are you? Good morning, Margot. Nice to see you again. Yeah, it's wonderful. What's the weather like in Canada? Oh, it's cold. It's, uh, you know, it, it, the good thing about being on lockdown is that I don't have to go out, so I don't. Right. Right. <laughs> I imagine it's much colder there. What part of Canada do you hail from? I'm uh, from Toronto, so I am right on the lake. So we have the lakefront uh, chill. Uh, but also, I mean, it, this is the time of year that the polar winds come down and uh, and certainly let us know that they exist. Well, I hope they don't bring polar bears with them as well. Oh, I at this point, I I'd love to see some polar bears. If yeah, polar bears, if, if polar bears kept people in their houses or with masks on, I'm totally down for polar bear enforcement. True, they are really cool. So I want to ask you about the improv scene now versus when you started. What are some of the changes yeah. you've seen? And when did you get into improv? You've been a you were a musician before you became an improviser, or how did that go? Yeah, I I officially got into improv in uh, as a teenager through school, and then uh, and then I found the local community and invested some time with them. Took a break away for a period of time, and then came back because I missed doing musical improv. And when I had left the first time, a lot of people were very resistant to doing it. Uh, I am a shower singer. That is, uh, I am a professional shower singer. I can sing in any shower that uh, you present me with, or a tub. I can do a tub. Um, but musical improv is really where I find the most joy. And to have so much resistance in the past to it was frustrating. And so that, I would say, was one of the changes that I noticed when I came back. There were far more people who were interested and willing to at least try musical improv compared to before. So that's one of the changes. Uh, I think that it's it's fair to say that, like most of society, the uh, the diversity has improved. It's still not there yet, a hundred percent, but it is a lot better. And it's again, there's less resistance in some places to uh, to be open to that change. Uh, a lot of the people who might have given the most resistance have either um, retired from the art form or just learned better. You know, it, it is truly one of my favorite things. And I am a, a shower singer as well, mm. deep in the shower, lots of hot water. But yes. I have no fear when I'm playing with you and taking a class mm. with you. So, you know, some of the changes, of course, are technological and, and in general. So especially since we've been through almost a year of shutdown, mm. 
How has that affected your teaching? Yeah, I actually, so uh, so for me, being online is almost my favorite thing. As much as I am extroverted, there are times when my I, I want my boundaries preserved. I want to be able to walk away easily. And on Zoom, it's just a matter of turning off my camera and mic. It's like, it's really easy for me to go, okay, and scene to the community. Uh, but it also allows me to reach across to people around different time zones and not worry about the, hey, I'm in my moment of wakefulness are you too okay now we're connected oh we're six hours away perfect let's do it so I definitely I, I find that there's a lot of benefit to it and I will say that I've always found the internet to be the most democratic thing that we've done technologically it allows people to connect without worrying about the hierarchy of which school did you go to who do you know around like it, it allows people who are like-spirited like-minded to connect if they want to and so in terms of classes that's been a boon for me because I haven't had to try to find that local interest or rely solely on local interest if there are people around the world I've had people come in from Bangalore uh, I've had people from the west coast of uh, the states and Canada uh, Europe I've been able to, to teach a class over there I wouldn't be able to afford to go over there myself. You know, I, I can't afford to go to any of these places these <laughs> days. Uh, and even, even if the pandemic was lifted, I, I, that's not my economic reality. So to be able to connect with people where they live and where I live, this has been amazing. And I think also that um, because we are in Zoom, because we are connecting and really we just have these windows in front of us of, of the, the other person's life, I think it's been easier for more people to be mindful of the boundaries and the needs of their partners. There, and I, I mean, the pandemic is certainly helping with that. It's helping us go, oh, I'm in this state and and having this technology has helped us to like kind of look in each other's eyes, look in our own eyes and acknowledge that we have real human connecting needs, but we also have things that are going on for us. In I found in the before times there there was a because we were managing so many things all at once and we all had we thought that it was enough to have this shared passion. So we thought that that would soothe over anything that was, you know, a little dicey. And, and we're acknowledging, we're starting to acknowledge now how much we put up with to be able to do the art form. That now it's like, oh, you, not you, somebody else is problematic. We can work around that. We may not be able to change them. I hope that they heal, but they can do that over there. We can connect here without their interference. I think one of the things you said I'm going to come back to was that it doesn't matter what school they went to or even if they went to a school. I talked to a delightful fellow in Turkey, in Istanbul, and he found out he was doing improv wrong the first four years. Of course, we can debate whether it was wrong or not. Sure, yes. He took regular uh, classes, but there's people who've been improvising for a year or so, and they're, you know, they're wonderful. They're recognized. We just love them. Yes. So it, it, it is an equalizer on so many levels, I think. And especially yeah. with music, because music is something a lot of people are so scared of. And, <laughs> and they're exposing themselves. And I think for me, improv is about taking a risk. It's jumping out there a bit. 
being mindful, but jumping out and taking a chance. So uh, that's what I love to. Now, what about the difference between, or is there a difference between Canadian improv and the improv in the United States? Or is there a difference? I don't know. Uh, I mean, if from I don't know for a couple of reasons. One is when I play, I try to be pretty mutable, pretty malleable to whoever I'm playing with. So whatever their needs come up, that that's what I'm trying to address. Uh, I don't. I I find uh, going back to what you just said about that vulnerability. I find that there are vulnerable vulnerabilities from everybody around the world and they kind of express each other they express themselves in a similar manner it doesn't matter who you are so those people who are who are uh, they're acting in a resistant manner to doing the activity the exercise the game the playfulness they're not able to connect to it in the same way as somebody who is gung-ho like yourself and myself, where it's like, yeah, music, yes, please. Uh, so I, I do find that there is, that, that is a similarity. Uh, I think where I notice the most difference between U.S. and Canada or U.S. and anywhere is the U.S. is uh, – people in the U.S. are much more confident in their financial value. And – and as a result, not everybody. Well, okay, but 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 as a result of being more confident in that way, they're also more confident in saying, "This is what I'm willing to put up with, and this is what I'm not willing to put up with." And it's not that Canadians don't have that facility; it's that uh, at least the people that I know are tend to do the work of. What do you need first? What do I need? How do we talk around the, the negotiation style is different, but they don't necessarily come through the doors going, okay, so this is how it is. And, uh, and I'm learning, I'm starting to learn that a little bit more for myself so that when I'm in those situations where I have to have, for me, a difficult conversation about money or, or whatever the boundary is, I'm learning to actually speak up in those ways. Now, our mutual friend, David Escobedo, hmm. had a question for you. And the question okay. is, I feel like a talk show. Yes. Uh, what does support mean in improv? We hear that word a lot, but what are really some elements and actions of support? Thank you for that question, David. Uh, for me, uh, there are different kinds of support. I would say that in general, the best support is the one that matches the need. So if somebody says, hey, I need support in food, and you say, I've got your back, well, that's not support. Uh, if you're saying, hey, I need more eyes on what I'm doing, and you send them a private message saying, hey, you're doing great, it's nice, but it's not the support that was asked for. So I, I think that there are many, there are many answers to what support looks like or could look like as an outcome of hearing and matching the need. Uh, I think also where we acknowledge our, our privilege has blinded us to what we have access to that other people don't. I think doing that internal work and, uh, and removing those blinders as much as possible or where we acknowledge them and use that uh, the, the power of privilege to change things for more people. So uh, if you know that you're running a panel and it's all men, 
Well, you you've had a you've had a bias to the fact that you only have men having a conversation about this thing that oh, will it just it impacts more than just your people who look like you, uh, and that could be true of any intersection. It's not I'm not picking on men uh, per se, but at the same time, move aside men. It's time for us to to you know we don't have to have all of the panels or all of the workshops or all of the anything's. Um, so that's just again that's just one example. You can insert your own intersection into that and and check it for yourself to see whether or not you are truly being supportive when you raise your voice on an issue or if you are just you like the sound of your voice and I I acknowledge both to be true sometimes I like the sound of my voice <laughs> I think we <laughs> improvisers now do you, have you been doing improv without music at all do you do other kinds of improv as well I do. So during the pandemic, I made the decision that I had a lot of energy and I had a lot of need to connect with something that was joyful for me. And so musical improv was a natural go-to. I had the ability. I know how to do some text. So I, I put that out for myself. Uh, and it was something that when I was working with other troops, I would go, hey, let's do some music and then go, oh, if we have to do some music. So I'm like, I'm not going to put this on you. It's not your joy source of joy. I'm going to do it for myself over here so that when I come back to the troop, I'm not feeling this need, this inside me to like to make that happen. Uh, the troop that I've been engaged with the longest is called the Dandies, and we do fandom improv. We take a fandom that we all agree that, hey, we want to play in this universe, and and we, you know, we have our characters there. So in uh, our longest running one for for the last eight years or so has been Star Trek. Wow. And is there a link for that that I could have? Oh, or? yeah. Yeah, the Dandies. If you search for the Dandies Improv, you will definitely find us. I can also share that with you. Uh, improvdandies.com is our is our website. And, uh, you know, you can, you can traverse from there. We're all over social media. We have a monthly show that we do. Uh, it's on Sundays, the third Sunday of every month. And uh, uh, no, I'll, uh, I'll I'll spell it for you here. Um, okay, that's great. That's great. I'm yeah. sure I can find it too. Oh, yeah. wonderful! I got it. Okay, yeah. wonderful. Because I hope that we can send people to some of your talented shows, yeah. and things that yeah. other things that you're doing. Absolutely. So <clears throat> here's another question. And um, you were a musician before you got into acting. Were you? Mm. No, necessarily. No, no. I So, I mean, I, it is only in the last year or so that I've truly taken on musician as one of my titles. Uh, I'm a singer. I like to sing and I have made up instrumentation to back myself, but I, but I didn't have a lot of confidence around the instrumentation. However, I had an opportunity last year. Somebody hired me on to do the bumper music between uh, segments that they were doing on their Twitch show. So I was able to create these short pieces and, uh, and I got, I keep getting feedback from them of how much people actually look forward to my bumper music. Uh, like they just, it really 
engages their audience. So I'm very happy to have put that out there. And, uh, and from the crooner show that I do every month, another person hired me to do a sponsored segment to promote their product. And so I, I improvise using their product. And that's been a blast too. So I, I'm definitely taking on music or musician as a title. Uh, whereas before I'd be like, well, I like to sing. So now I'm just, I'm being far more professional and I'm being more confident in the many titles that I can wear. And that's beautiful. Now you mentioned getting some tech skills in it. Are you, mm. do you use a keyboard or are you using other kinds of tech Mm. Yeah, I well, I so uh, ironically, I have a keyboard beside me that is leaning up against the desk. It's waiting for me to actually set it up. Uh, I've had a keyboard for a long time, and and I used to, I used to like plunk. I used to do that. I, that I was an expert at for a long time. Uh, and my dog has my dog has fleas. I could do that one as well. Um, so I have that. But I w- what I did one of the things I did for myself at the beginning of the pandemic was. I wanted a looper. I wanted a vocal looper for a long, long time. And I treated myself to this technology and all it, it allows me to record and it just plays over and over. And I got, I got, I got handy with creating some backing tracks for myself. And I used them for quite a while in my crooner shows. And I, so I would create them. I'd create a batch of these backing tracks. And then uh, I would randomly pick them when I was doing songs for crooner. So while I knew that I ha- I knew what they sounded like, I didn't know which one I was pulling up each song. It was like, oh, it's this one. Okay, cool, cool, cool. And then I would play with that. And um, I like what I created, but I also haven't feeling haven't been feeling as creative to create some more. So I kind of, I put them on the back burner for a little bit until I feel inspired again. Like, oh, I really like this beat. And it doesn't sound like the other six that I've already created. So those are the two caveats for myself for that piece. My goal is I have this looper. I do have this keyboard. My goal is for 2021 to start creating uh, different sounds. So using the keyboard to create at least one of the layers of loop that are, that's happening. Uh, and, and part of that, part of that inspiration too, is there is a, a musician named Baker who did uh, did the music, all of the theme music for the award show that happened as part of the Everybody Get In Here Festival. And we heard that and went, oh, this is really cool. I'm like, I literally have this technology. It's up to me to, you know, to say yes to myself. Um, he also recently created the theme music for the Black Improv Alliance. So like he's getting himself out there and I'm very glad that he is. But there's no reason that I can't do that for myself too. There is room for both of us. It certainly is. Now talking about the Everybody Get In There Awards, I think you won an award, didn't you, this year? I did. I, I won two. Uh, the first was Quiet Leader. And uh, the intention of the award was to recognize the people who are doing things behind the scenes, not with great big posters of themselves doing it out in the world, but just doing the work. And, and I know part of it was uh, I did a series called Yup, which allowed me to play with people, uh, black, uh, indigenous people of color around the world. And then I did an, a version of that called Free For Y'all, which allowed everybody to come in together who I've played with, but they haven't necessarily been able 
able to play with each other. So uh, that format allowed for us to do uh, montage scenes, live stream, and then they would get to do duo scenes behind uh, behind the scenes that were recorded that were released later. So those kind of activities, I think, were really um, part and parcel of, of what they saw, the energy they were like looking to capture in that particular award. And then the second one was community leader, uh, a community builder. And, and again, it, it comes from doing this work behind trying to connect people, uh, trying to meet them where they are, help them, help them in the ways that they need help, uh, be there in the chats or in the, you know, in the groups to comment on things and encourage and, and then also, you know, these, these, uh, trying to organize these community events. I think those two again go in. Uh, I currently, as a result of, of all of these things, I think I now manage four or five different pages if I want. <laughs> I don't. I don't often. But if I wanted to post something, I have that facility as opposed to where I was initially. I was just doing my own page and and promoting things through there. Uh, so it's been a real honor to be acknowledged internationally from my peers. And when and when we were doing the award show, everybody had that same loving, very happy, like very joyous energy for everybody who was being acknowledged, everybody who was doing the giving over the award, the re- being the representative in that way. Like it was such a loving room. And that is truly the energy that I want to be surrounded by. Even if we're just connecting by internet, to have that kind of energy behind what you're doing, as opposed to they begrudging, I guess we have to, or other people are doing it. So we need to cut, catch up, or I never want to do it. Like, I don't, I don't have any time anymore for people who don't want to do a format, but are staying around. No, it's okay for you to move on or to find the groups that are moving at your speed. And like, I don't, I don't um, wish them ill in any way, but I'm also not willing to let you be in the way of the joy that is out there. I can find other people. I'm really good at connecting and community building. A belated congratulations. What an honor. And I was so pleased to see that you're one of the winners this year. What a fabulous group to be part of. So again, congratulations for all the efforts that you're making on a global scale. Mm. So I'm um, gonna switch tracks a minute. What's, why do you think musical improv is so much fun? I mean, and what do you tell people who are too scared to sing? Uh, we touched on it a little bit. Uh, you touched on it specifically about how improv is really uh, addressing some vulnerability. And I actually, I just led a, a workshop, a beginner workshop, and that was expressed of how vulnerable people felt on the spot. What I say at the beginning of my workshops, uh, sometimes my jams too when I remember, but definitely my in my workshops, I say, look, we are working on a couple of layers here. One, we're doing improv, which is a, a level of vulnerability. Two, I'm asking you to make up music on the spot. That's a second thing. A lot of people have been told you shouldn't sing or don't sing. And and that is such a crime to me. It's that, that expectation that you have to to be 
a, a pop star or you have to be on Broadway to even ha- be able to access this form of joy that is primal. Like it is part of all of us. We all as humans connect to rhythm. We all know we all are most of us vocalize to some extent and have access to that or can take in that feeling of the rhythm. Uh, so to say that you can't, thou shalt not is to me, it's a travesty. And so I try to encourage people to honor themselves and the history that they've had, but come to this with giving themselves permission giving themselves and not to worry about the scales or what note they think they're supposed to have done instead of the ones they do. And to treat every, if it feels like it's a mistake, to actually treat like that like a gift and something that you can then get into and explore. And what I say is that, I mean, they're all gifts, all everything in improv is a gift, but with a mistake, it's not officially a mistake until what happens after it. So if it's embraced after it, it becomes in music, there's actually a term for it. It's an accidental. And in jazz, it's that exploration of the, oh, what does this do? How does that feel? What does it make you feel? What does it make the audience feel? And like, and you lean into it. And so to answer the first part of the question, uh, it is such a joy because it is freeing. And when you're pl- whether you're playing against a backing track or a live musical director, there is a connection to something in your body that a lot of other forms of improv don't necessarily require. And when you give yourself that space to be taken in by the music, when you allow there to be silence except for the music, it is so freeing. And there are so many places that you can go. And the other thing is that music offers its own form. So if you just let the backing track go or the song go, it's that's the offer. That's enough just there. So anything that you offer verbally, vocally on top of that, like that is, it's just the cherry on top. And to know that you're making offers with the music, it's like, it doesn't matter, therefore, if you are following a rhyme scheme. If you are putting the chorus in the right spot, or if you're using a pre-chorus or a bridge, or if you're like, if you've modulated keys or like any of those things that we put on as structures, yes, you can explore those things. But in musical improv, it's not about being perfect. It is about connecting. And so for me, music allows, it just, I'm going to make it personal for me because my brain works so quickly and it doesn't always connect with my mouth, my mouth can't always keep up with what my brain is doing. It allows me that opportunity to like disengage a little bit, connect with music and go at that speed as opposed to my brain speed. It allows me to have that pause if I need it to like just reset and go, okay, I'm a little lost and something is still happening. So music is my safe space, but it's also, it's it truly is my joy. So as much music as I can make, uh, you know, given the right circumstance, then I will. Well, I got to tell you a personal experience. I, I hope you have some time because I need a little <laughs> therapy now. <Dr. laughs> um, when I was a little girl, I remember singing at the uh, 
dining room table. We had the traditional nuclear family, the younger brother, me, mom and dad. And yep. I was singing this song I had just learned. This is my country. And it kind of went, this is my country. And my dad said, you know, you really shouldn't sing. And I was about eight or nine years old. And, you know, that kind of shut me down for yeah. a while. I would never try out for musicals at the high school place. And it was only when I started studying and acting and improv that I began taking vocal classes and found out it's okay. It's okay. And I think that's what's so beautiful about mm. musical improv. It's so validating. And... Um, I don't know why I felt like sharing that with you. No, well, th thank you for sharing. Uh, I find this is this is what I like about improv is that when you find the like spirited people, it is safer to then talk about those vulnerable things that we have as part of our emotional or psychological makeup. That like we we you know they their shame points or their points where somebody has really honed in that you're not enough or you're you're not acceptable. And it allows us to expose those and in exposing those and saying them out loud with, you know, time and space from that initial moment allows us to heal it a little bit and to let go and to get its tenthral hooks or tendril hooks out of us, tether, tenthral hooks out of us and, and to be like, you know, we're in a better space. Like you, obviously, we, we jam together. You are in a better space around music. And yeah, there is that moment of, oh, like that sucked. It did suck. We acknowledge it sucked. And I'm, I'm glad that you, for yourself, I'm glad that you found a way to get around it. So much. I sure did with folks like you. Um, Listen, uh, I have a question for you. A lot of people have a superpower skill. What is your improv superpower <laughs> skill? Well, one of my superpower skills is to get people to share things that they didn't think that they were going to share. So that happens right away. The other one, in terms of improv, uh, I hear it time and again that I am able to make anywhere that I am a, a comfortable space. So, so when people say I have your back, when I'm on stage with somebody, they know that I have their back. Uh, and that is if we're going to address something uncomfortable, we're going to be risky in terms of the psychic or psychological, the emotional, that I am there with them for that. If we're going to do something ludicrous, I am there with them. I, there's no judgment from me on the what we're going to do. If it's boundary crossing for me, I, I'm going to raise it's boundary crossing, but it's very clear that it's, okay, well, as characters, we're going to get into this, but as humans, we are okay. So, yeah, being, being comfortable with me is the improv, is the stage uh, superpower or one of the many that I have. I would also say the ability to go, oh, we're singing now. Okay, go. Uh, that is something that a lot of people don't, don't have, uh, they're not connected with for themselves yet. So this might be difficult, but uh, your best and your worst show, that mm. might be difficult for you. I, I, mm. the worst show for me, was one where I, um, where I very passionately and very playfully was making an offer that was, uh, it, it was evil. I was making an evil, awful, uh, evil offer, and I was doubling down on it. It was uncomfortable for the audience, and it was more so uncomfortable for some of my troop mates. 
And I was blithely, ignorantly unaware of just how much, like, just even the imagery of what I was doing was like, this is not a good thing. And I wasn't hearing my troop mates when they're going, okay, new choice. Come on, new choice. And so it wasn't until afterward, like on the back line that we had a conversation. They went, look, we need to pull away from that because, and I went, got it. So that, that is what I would say would be the worst thing is, is that, because that's not my interest. I have no problem going with evil in a playful way where it's like, where it's fun for everybody. And, and I get to be the fall guy and you take me down. I'm fine with that. But where I'm literally hitting a trigger and a button for people was like, Oh, that's awful. Oh, and you know, and, and then we did a reset and, and we were able to, to save it. But, uh, but in that moment, I would say that was a worst moment. Um, a best moment for me is, uh, I, with the dandies, we've had opportunities to do conventions, which means that these are people who are all like-minded around that fandom. So to be able to go into, uh, an auditorium filled with people who are there for Star Trek in, in one of these cases, uh, and to get them to do improv, like to lead them in these group games. They didn't come here for that. They came here to watch a show, but I'm able to get, I orchestrate and I do it every single time. So it's not a surprise to my troop mates that I do it. It's not, it's only a surprise to the people who've never seen us perform, but I will go into the middle of the audience, go, okay, everybody, here's what we're doing. And, and they follow my lead and to watch them, to watch them transform from uh, a viewer to a participant is so magical for me to to have that freedom of the oh like yeah i'm into this i'm more invested in this now because i'm part of it 30 seconds maybe but i'm part of this so that for me is any opportunity i have for that kind of engagement with the audience is the best and i love playing with with other players it's not that but to play with people who uh, that wasn't the contract. The contract was that they were coming to watch a show and to be able to change the contract in a, in a safe, comfortable way. Uh, again, using my superpower, uh, is such a joy. That's wonderful. I love that so much. And, um, here, uh, I have another question from our friend Siddharth over hmm. in Bangalore. Hey, Siddharth. Siddharth. Yes. He asked, uh, what is your inspiration in music? My inspiration, my first inspiration is the music itself, the musical style. So I will listen to it. If I know it's a rock song, I'll, I'll kind of adopt a rock attitude to it. I'll, I'll try to lean into what those songs tend to feel like. Uh, they tend to be like, if it's a rock song, it tends to be like anthem. Let's get the blood going and let's, let's express some, uh, irritation or let's express some, uh, some sexiness or let's express some like, getting people on the streets toward a movement. So I'll take that as part of my inspiration. And then also, uh, the song title or the suggestion. So I tend to take the suggestion. So if the suggestion was bookcase, I would take that as the, like, what does bookcase mean to me? I'm going to make it about the bookcase. I'm not going to, I, I tend to take the offer as the offer. I tend not to, to, you know, transliterate off to something else, Library of Congress or like, no, I, I will go directly with what has been uh, requested. And then what is my emotional 
content around that offer. Now, if I hate bookcases, I'm not going to pretend I like them unless narratively we've set up that I love bookcases. But if, if I'm going with what's true for me, if I'm going to have to sing a whole song about this thing, I'm going to be authentic with my emotional connection to that thing. And, and I'll sing it out. I'll sing, you know, I'll sing a hate song. Sure, I can do that. And, you know, and I'll honor the, the rock genre. I can do all of that. Um, and then just play. Like, I, I think, yes, I can, I do serious songs or rather I treat songs like they are serious things. Uh, I enjoy doing that, that form of parody to it, but I also just really like doing this format. So I let playfulness be uh, as much a motivator as the, hey, I'm doing it in the first place. I'm also doing it with this joy. Uh, so those are my three things. It's that it's the honoring the musical style, honoring the uh, suggestion itself and, and my emotional co- connection to it and honoring that I enjoy do this. I'm not going to pretend that I hate singing. I don't. <laughs> of course not. That's beautiful. <laughs> hey, here's something different. What's the word that almost rides... What's a word that almost rhymes with egg, almost like bed? Ah, so near rhyme. So uh, in in my jams and in my workshops, I don't really get into the what rhymes you have to do, except for when it comes to sharing uh, sharing with your partner if you're doing a duet. So a near rhyme of what's a, what's a near rhyme for egg? Uh, I mean, you could say, uh, well, a true rhyme would be beg or leg or keg. So those are actually true. They actually do have that uh, same sound, but a near rhyme might be, I mean, it, it could be head or it could be um, uh, uh, flag. It could be, you know, it could be tag. It could be bag. So we could just change the vowel sound. And and that's, I would say that's probably the closest or bog or, uh, or log, you know, so just change the vowel sound to reach those. And that's such a freedom instead of having to be so literal, like I've got to actually make the same exact or what's really fun is if I think of a two-syllable word. Yes. That's really fun too. But yeah, I think that gives us a freedom almost. So um, here's another question for you. Because you've been doing this a long, long time, haven't you? You know, we don't put numbers on these things anymore, but absolutely. I I was thinking about it. I, I'm I'm leading a workshop today, and I was thinking about it. it's like oh, I when people use that adage of the I've forgotten more than you'll ever learn. I was like, oh, that's true. Oh, I right. I forgot about how could I forget about X? Right. It's like oh yeah. So so yes. I mean, I've been doing it a long time, but that to me doesn't mean that there aren't people who've been doing it for three seconds who don't have what I have. Uh, but I have been enjoying it for a long time. Yeah, well, my hubris made me post recently. I'm in my 10th year. I started in February 10 years ago. So, nice. um, congratulations. That's a landmark. Great. Thank you. Very yeah. Much. Yeah. But so, I- so, so to be honest and to be, to be vulnerable, I, I'm in my third or fourth decade. So, um, third and a half, let's say. Wow. Yeah. Beautiful. Now, I know you've been teaching at Vintage Improv because I take some classes there as well. Mm-hmm. And um, some of the other venues that you've been teaching at, um, maybe more recently since the pandemic, I don't know. Is it? It's one Queen City. Um, uh, that you've been Not yet. I, I haven't. I haven't been invited to pitch for them yet. Uh, I uh, I did. Uh, 
I did a one-off with the nursery theater over in the UK with the oh, May that's Days. Brilliant! That's brilliant. Yeah, yeah, that was that. I mean, all of them. Every opportunity for me is a thank you very much. I appreciate being seen and appreciated for what I know. But that was one. It was like, oh, I. They do musical improv. I want to do. I want to do musical improv with them. Uh, so that to be able to lead a, a workshop through them was, you know, that's almost. It's almost there. It's the near rhyme to to the true bucket list. Uh, there, uh, I'm I'm doing a course through Improv College, which is based out of Montreal. Um, I'm doing, uh, I'm doing a monthly workshop through Highwire Improv. They're based out of, uh, Baltimore. And, uh, and we have other plans. I, I, I want to pitch other things with them as well. Uh, and I do things through the Black Improv Alliance. Uh, one of the festival workshops that I did was with Stephanie Ray, who is also a musical improviser. And so we got to do duets, which is, so fun. Like, it's so fun when you are, when you're on stage with somebody who wants to be on stage and you're doing a format you both want to do. Like, it is so much easier than with somebody who's like, I will set you up in whatever way you want to set up. Just be here with me. Please do this. Uh, it is, it's such a different vibe. So that was. That was such a dream. Uh, there are plans to do things with Improv MKE, Michelle Gilliam's school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I Right now, I have shows with Pack Theater. My intention is to pitch doing workshops with them as well. So really, at this point, I, uh, I put my, my little um, – my um, – my brick out, I guess. I'm look. I, I have my hat out, saying, "Hey, I teach. I can teach. Let me teach. Please let me teach." That's wonderful. I can feel your excitement through the wires that are yes. connecting us right now. And I actually uh, did a, a scene with uh, Stephanie Ray. We did a musical improv scene, and technology wasn't on our side, but it was mm. so much fun. So maybe someday. You'll do a scene with me. It doesn't have to be a musical improv either. We yeah. can just do a scene sometime. Not today, but sometime possibly. So um, my last question uh, is, I think it's an interesting question maybe. And uh, I want you to think now about who would you want on your ideal improv team and pick six people. So, so this isn't that hard for me because I have been very clear. At least some of these aren't hard for me because I've been very clear, especially in, in pandemic of the, my bucket list. My true bucket list has always been to do something with Wayne Brady. Always like since, since way back when that, that show was on the air, I've wanted to do musical improv with Wayne Brady and getting to him to, to see him in other environments is like, he is much more than musical improv. So I definitely want, I know that he, whatever he throws out there is going to be a blast. I want to add Craig T. Robinson to that list, who is, uh, who is, uh, a comedian who also plays me like he's a musical comedian. So I want to play with him too, because he definitely has an amazing vibe. So, uh, those two, now it's more than that. Oh, I want to play with, um, with Reggie, um, Reggie Watts. Like I want to bring Reggie Watts who does looper comedy, like oh, looper yeah. musical comedy. So yeah. those, those three for me are like, Oh, I like, I want to do that. I would love it. If Bobby McFerrin also was willing to go, okay, it's not what I normally do, but I also do musical improv. So bring, so there are four 
people who I definitely want to like, those are my like, ah, my, I'm going to probably stand agape for a minute until they nudge me and go, no, no, go, 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 go. Um, I would, I would add that Stephanie Ray, like Stephanie Ray, I'm, I also know would enjoy that whole set. So I would bring her along in a heartbeat. And, uh, and then to, because you asked for, uh, for six, now I have to bring up a, who else would I, would I bring? I would, you know, I would bring my, my partner. I'd bring my life partner into this because when we get to do things together, that is a different kind of joy. They don't love musical improv in the way I, they do it now because I, I instilled that in them, but it's not their passion in the same way. But the way that we play together is so just like, uh, so we, uh, we are still in love over a decade later, we still are lovey-dovey. And I don't see enough examples of that on television, film, on improv stages. That kind of energy tends to be like dismissed very readily in North American uh, comedy, especially. So to bring them on and just go, yeah, we're doing it anyway. We are going to be like super like, like just heart eyes. Uh, so they would be my sixth because uh, we are ride or die for each other. Oh, that is so beautiful and so romantic. And I got to say, um, you had me at Wayne Brady. I mean, he is my absolute, he studied in Florida at one point of time. Hmm. And um, big connection, right? Six degrees of something. Yes. But anyway, that sounds like a super duper team. And Reggie, of course, is one of my heroes as well. <laughs> and Stephanie. So that would be a great super team. And I'm, I'm hoping we'll see that in the next year or so. Okay. I'm hope, I, I want to say this year, 2021, all y'all, you have this year to make it happen. Like, it's on you. It's on you. <laughs> this has been so much fun. I just so much enjoy being around you. You do make people feel comfortable. And do you have any words you want to give to somebody who might be thinking about doing improv, but, you know, isn't sure if it's for them or not? And what would you say to them? Whether it's improv or something else, something that you have a passion for that you have an interest in say yes to yourself and that yes doesn't have to be this grandiose activity behavior change it's just a little bit like walk toward the things that you are interested in understanding that fear may always be there there may be other demons that you're contending with that will be there and do it anyway because what I have found for myself is the more that I express the things that I'm passionate for and the things that I truly love, the more support I have found in varying communities of people who are on board with seeing me succeed in that way. And for me, the success often is getting to do it and getting to do it with a wide range of people. So that's that's what success feels like for me. For you, it may be just doing it in the first place. It might be singing for the first time and letting your partner hear it. Like it might be like whatever that, whatever that thing is, just say yes. Perfect. Thank you so much for taking the time to be with us today, Velvet. I appreciate you being here. I'm sending you virtual hugs and kisses. Thank you, Marco. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed the podcast and look forward to you joining us next time on Improv Interviews with Margot Escott.